Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. To us, men, the belt of truth. You know, it's it's the belt right here that holds everything down, that leads our life or should lead our life. It's the truth of God's word. When all the deception is coming our way, we should know what the truth is. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that breastplate of righteousness is a protection. Uh, armor uh, for the vital organs, for your heart. Our heart, the Bible says, if our hearts condemn us, the Lord is greater than our own hearts. The breastplate of righteousness is the approval of God that you know without a doubt you have God's approval. You've been cleansed by the Lord because of the word that he spoke and the word you believe. You are righteous no matter how you feel. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and that speaks of the protection of our feet. Our feet is where we get, we, where we have our movement and being able to move, having a readiness to move and to spread the good news, which a lot of men have lost that. They have not, their feet are not shod. Their, their feet are not protected. Their feet are running and walking all over the world without saying nothing about Jesus or the gospel. That needs to change. Dust off our shoes, man. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And that, that, that uh, shield of faith, that, that as the enemy attacks, and you, that shield of faith, the faith that God gives us, it sees, it sees beyond the attack. It sees beyond the, the, the trial. It sees beyond the storm. We have that shield of faith where, yeah, this may be happening to me right now, but I know I'm going to get over this because I have faith that this isn't where God wants me to, to live forever. I'm passing through this. Here's my shield of faith. And the only offensive tool, of course, is and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the only offensive piece of the armor. <clears throat> by which we attack the enemy. It's an offensive. It's an offense. It's to be able to speak the truth into, into the, to the devil, to, to our adversaries, to those who would come against you, to be able to have that word and to be able to just slice them up. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 3, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, not a single edge, two-edged sword. Like the Roman soldier's sword was a two-edged sword meant to hack. Two-edged means it, it hacked both ways. 
The word of God is full of grace and love and mercy, but it also hacks with, with judgment. And as men, have we forgotten that God's word is a two-edged sword? Where all we want to do is pour grace over everything because we're afraid to stand up and tell somebody if they don't turn, they're going to burn. Then he said, all the people, every man with his weapon in his hand from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, along by the altar and by the temple, all around the king. Brothers, God is calling us to be this kind of man. I wonder how many men did not go with Jehoiada and the captains of the hundreds. You know how many men will not go with us? It's too much to ask to serve the Lord at Sweet Hills. It's too hard to watch the flank, the front, the back. It is not too hard. It is your reasonable service to present yourself a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Brothers, don't let anybody in your family try to convince you or friends that you do too much for God. Because you do not. What did I drink today? I don't know. And they brought out the king's son. Put the crown on him. I mean, think about that. Athaliah is still in power. She's got her people too. These men do not care what she thinks. Bring out the king now. Why? Because God says, bring them out. Because God's ways are not our ways. He's got a word. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. We want to be a church that honors his word. He says to honor my word, even above my name, the Bible says. That's how important the word of God is. Feelings. Fear. We can't follow those things. There are parents who are afraid of their children, who won't discipline them, who won't show them the door. There are spouses that are afraid of spouses, who won't stand up to them. Is that biblical? Is that godly? where the Lord says, if you love mother or father or son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy to enter the kingdom of God. And there's so many people just doing Christianity with fear. Men need to be men. What does the word of God say, men? Christ is your head and you are the head of the woman. Then Jehoda and his sons anointed him and said, Long live the king. Beautiful. I've never said that towards the Lord. Long live the king. Who are you talking about? I ain't talking about Charles, that's for sure. I'm talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
Long live the king. Amen? I don't even know what the correct response to that is. I guess everyone repeats it, right? Right? Long live the king. That's cool. I bet you we're the only church in the world who said that today. (laughs) Ching, ching in heaven. Now, verse 12. When Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord, and when she looked, there was the king standing by his pillar at the entrance, and the leaders and the trumpeteers were by the king, and all the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets, also the singers with musical instruments and those who led in praise. So Athaliah tore her clothes and said, Treason! Treason! As if. You know, Athalia, you're, you're in the courts of the king of kings. And if there's anybody who committed treason in this story, it's her. Who has tried to keep Judah, our Lord's people, from honoring the true king, Jesus Christ. She literally tried to turn God's people away from honoring the God of Abraham, the God of King David, in the temple. Think about that. Athaliah wanted no one to worship God. And she set up all of these pagan idols all around God's house. She was the treasonous one. I think the spirit of Jezebel is alive and well today. Wicked and evil Jezebel, the wife of King Ahab of the northern kingdom of Israel, was demonic, wicked, evil. And she advised her husband terribly. And when Ahab told her what the prophet Elijah had done in the killing of the, of the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, she sent a message to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And you know the story, our brother, the prophet Elijah, who I love with all my heart. I love him and John the Baptist, man. I'm a big fan. (laughs) It says that in 1 Kings 19, And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, what we're talking about tonight, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. He feared 
Jezebel. He feared her. Where did his faith go? Where was his armor that day? One of the saddest things to see is when a man fears his wife. It is an oxymoron. It is wrong. Angels look in on our lives. They come from a place of great authority. They come from the place where our Lord sits on his throne. The angels of our children see the face of our Father in heaven. They come from all of this respect of authority. And then you see down here some Christian men just afraid of their spouses. Spouses who want to keep them from serving the Lord. Spouses who want to keep them from the church that God called them to go to. It's not a good way to live. I have such compassion for relationships like that where it's not balanced where rightly, you know what I'm saying? Where, where the man is, is revered as the man of the house by his wife. Peter says that a gentle and quiet spirit is precious in the sight of the Lord. And that sisters ought to not worry about the beauty, the outward beauty of their apparel and their jewelry, but they were to have an inner beauty of the heart. It's very precious to the Lord. And they were told that they are the sisters of Sarah. If they honor their husbands, and Sarah referred to her husband Abraham as Lord, with the lowercase L. That's the way to live. That's, the way, that's life right there. I think it's unreasonable if God called us to be married, obviously to abandon the wife for the ministry. Take off for a whole long, long time. I, I, I just don't agree. You can disagree there's been instances in the past where preacher jams and the wife is a-okay with it and it's a calling, I guess, whatever. I don't know. I, I think that if God called me to be married, then we will do ministry together. I will not be away from my wife because who's going to defend her? I took a vow to defend my wife. Who's going to defend her when I'm gone? The shotgun? Maybe, but I'm supposed to protect my family. It would be unreasonable to leave them. But what's not reasonable is serving at church. It's not reasonable at all. We should be more than, than, than joyous to sacrifice a few hours to serve the Lord. And if a spouse who is, is being unreasonable and trying to keep a husband from serving. I think the best thing a husband can do is to honor the Lord 
rather than to submit to that. With the proud, you give them the law. And with the humble, you give them grace. If I can't follow my Lord without my wife giving me a hard time for worshiping and serving the Lord, which is my reasonable, then she's not willing to live in peace with me. If a husband is doing the same towards the wife who believes and wants to serve the Lord, which is her reasonable service, and he gives her a hard time every single weekend, God bless her if she can put up with that. But God has called us to peace and not to bondage. She did not die for us. He did not die for us. Jesus died for us. This whole chapter is a very manly one, so it's like a men's, it's like a men's conference tonight. Treason, treason. I don't want to commit treason against our king by not serving him, by not seeking him, by not taking up my cross, denying myself and following him daily. I know that's strong. I know Joel Osteen wouldn't say these things. But I would. Verse 14. And Jehoiada, the priest, brought out the captains of hundreds who were set over the army and said to them, take her outside under guard and slay with the sword whoever follows her. For the priest had said, do not kill her in the house of the Lord. So they seized her and she went by the way of the entrance of the horse gate into the king's house and they killed her there. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between himself, the people and the king that they should be the Lord's people. What a beautiful covenant. Let's be the Lord's people. Let's be the Lord's people. And all the people went to the temple of Baal, the abortion clinic at that time, and tore it down. They broke in pieces its altars and images and killed uh, Matan, the priest of Baal before the altars. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to go to heaven maimed than to enter into hell fire with all of your limbs. This is how serious we have to be with immorality, sin in our lives. We have to get rid of all of it, access to it, everything. Starve it out. Close it out. Get rid of it as they are doing here. 
Also Jehoiada appointed the oversight of the house of the Lord to the hand of the priests, the Levites, whom David had assigned in the house of the Lord to offer burnt offerings of the Lord, as it is written in the law of Moses. Let's do what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? Oh, but I feel that we should do something different. I see that there is a blessing around them, even though they don't do things the way the word of God says. There's still an aurora, there's an aura around them. There's still, we see uh, activity, we see, we see nothing, it's disobedience. We do what the word of God says to do. And he, in this case, he said, assign the Levites, the priests, to oversee the house of the Lord. What does the word of God say? We're not a people that says, yeah, but look, no, look, nothing. If it's not in the Bible, be careful. According as it is written in the law of Moses, with rejoicing and, and with singing, as it was established by David. And he set the gatekeepers at the gates of the house of the Lord, so that, so that no one who was in any unclean, so that no one who was in any way unclean should enter. Then he took the captains of hundreds and nobles. And I like that. No one unclean should enter. Not that we're uh, sinless, but if you're going to serve the Lord at Sweet Hills and, and you're practicing some sort of sin, please honor God enough to resign. And, and But don't try to continue sinning if you're practicing some sort of sin. Does that make sense? Amen. Then he took the captains of hundreds of nobles, the governors of the people and all the people of the land and brought the king down from the house of the Lord. And they went through the upper gate to the king's house and set the king on the throne of the kingdom. So all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet for they had slain Athaliah with the sword. I think of... Uh, Saul's conversion, when God told him, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. You know, the pricking of the Holy Spirit to stop sinning. And there's, 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 there's that conviction going along to a lot of people that God's calling you to change, to make some changes. Men be men, women be women in the Lord. Stand up and, and be counted as one of the Lord's sons and daughters, and take back your rightful position. I remember in our premarital counseling, my pastor uh, said this, that Clarissa's job was to gather all the information about certain matters of life. Whatever you guys are trying to decide, she is, she's your helpmate, she's to gather up as much information as she can about the subject, and then she is to present it to you in order for you to make the decision. There are men who can no longer make the decision in their home. Where the wives are just saying, nah, we're going to do it this way. That wisdom is not from above, then it must be from where? From below. Anyways, I mean, how do I end this on a happy note? <laughs> it's all good because the word is doing something to us good. Amen?
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. May you bless it to our hearts. May you bless each and every one of us to be men and women of God that you've called us to be. Help us to yield to your spirit in our homes and in our churches. Help us, Lord, to just deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow you. You say that if we lose our life for your sake, we'll find it. But if we are trying to hold on to our own lives and make things all all, all non-confrontational, when you want us to confront things, that's not good. So help us, Lord, to stand up when we're supposed to and to yield when we're supposed to. Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us into your ways. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.